Chickadee Prince Books is the home of great fiction and nonfiction of all genres. Visit us at chickadeeprince.com. That's Chickadee the Bird, Prince the Son of a King. Declare your independence. In 1874, I, Watto Hugh III, traveled to New York City at the behest of J.P. Morgan, supposedly to make my name in a Wild West extravaganza that Morgan would finance, with beautiful sharpshooter Emelina by my side. I soon found myself framed for a passion crime that I didn't commit, and locked up in Laramie in the Wyoming Territorial Prison for evildoers of all classes and kinds. But could any prison really hold the famous heroic Watto Hugh III? It sure looked like it. I have my ghosts. In a way, I am a ghost myself. The Strange and Astounding Memoirs of Watto Hugh a radio drama based on the novels by Stephen S. Drachman, starring Sal Rendino and produced by Danielle Wu. This week, Episode 5, Prison Break. There were more than 30 of us at the pen in 1874, Civil War veterans mostly, Nearly all cowboys laid off in a hungry winter time who'd been looking for a little easy money that in the end turned out not to be so easy. There were men like those I'd known during my few years on the cattle trails, and though they were amused by my fall from legend, for the most part they didn't seem to mind me so much, which came as a relief since I could have taken any two of them but not any three. I was in the stone quarry half a mile north of the penitentiary building for ten hours, four days a week, hammering out flagstone and limestone for construction of Laramie's new school and hospital for 82 cents an hour. I was waist-deep in the Laramie River every Friday afternoon, fishing out ice for the Union Pacific Railroad Company, which paid by the ton. Some of the more artistically inclined prisoners were employed on the premises making furniture, the pen was a relatively profitable factory for the warden, after all. Madame Tang, the toughest prisoner of all, was our foreman. Oh, Hugh, work harder. Harder. You lazy one, Batan. Slocum. Enough rest. Work, work. You bastard. Why done? At night, I would return to my cell, grateful for the rest, but apprehensive about the violence to come. I was working one afternoon in the quarry, breaking out rocks, my back aching, my sweat freezing to my skin with a group of other prisoners. I couldn't hardly take this if it wasn't for Sidonia. Now I see Sidonia in my dreams. I go to sleep happy. Oh, Hugh, anyone's will tell you. Ask anyone. He'll say as I, how I vanished every day for a week, walking to make bricks poofing I was gone 
then poof and I was back. What happened? I don't deserve to be here, you know. I killed my cousin's husband in an argument about the Civil War that got out of hand. An accident. Nothing else. The dead man fell at an unfortunate angle after a well-deserved but hardly fatal knock in the chops. It wasn't murder. The bastard fell. I became a fugitive from justice. Wife forgot my name. And I led the bounty hunters and the Pinkertoons on a merry chase across a few territories in a couple of states before being let out of a boarding house on my hands and knees all the way out in California. I'm not guilty of murder. I don't deserve this. Neither do I. None of us does. Since then, I'm a ruined man. Least, till Sidonia beckoned me in my dreams. And what exactly is Sidonia? A golden city in a valley in the mountains. So where'd you go when you vanished? Round abandoned into another world where my old joints still work, where my head don't throb day in and day out, where the weather is always temperate, no skeeters. Drool gathered in pools in the old miner's gums. Beautiful young woman with deep blue eyes and foggy black hair waited for me on the front porch of a white column stone house at the top of an elevated cobblestone path next to green pastures dotted with olive trees. Lovers strolled the fields with bottles of red wine, serenaded by musicians and tales playing violins. The woman welcomed me into her bedchamber, loved me, and asked me how to love her back. Didn't charge a penny and promised to wait for me in front of the White House every day as the sun set into the distant sea. I caught a glimpse of myself in a hallway mirror. I was a handsome young man. I'd not discovered merely a fountain of youth. I'm an old, ugly man now, and at twenty, I'd been an ugly young vagrant. Teeth already gone, skin gray and sallow. No, the man that I became each day for a week putting true self to shame and gave me hope. At least, that destiny had something more in store for him. I stopped to admire myself in the full-length mirror, the broad shoulders, the deep blue eyes, and the winning warmth in my own smile. She crept up behind this woman from a new life. Wrapped her arms around me from behind. You are handsome. Very handsome. Do you see what I see? Do you agree? I readily agreed. Marry me. In Sidonia. Oh, Hugh. You can tell a Sidonian town when you reach it. The Sidonians leave a trail of magic in their wake. If you come to a place in which the townsfolk don't dream nightmares and in day their beloved dead again walk the earth, deadlings, they're called. These recent returnees in which barren fields suddenly burst with vegetables and enemies embrace and become friends. Tears melt away into smiles and if you come upon such a town, then the Sidonians have been there. 
tossing peace and happiness through the countryside like powdered sugar. Peace and happiness and a smattering of deadlings wandering through the countryside. I'll keep an eye out for that, buddy. They're the future. Remember my words, oh Hugh. Enough talking. Get back to work, you stupid, lazy, white-armed bastards. Chickadee Prince Books is the publisher of Don Eleven's novel, He Could Be Another Bill Gates. Booklist raves, full of pathos, wit, and tenderness, Don Eleven's latest novel, He Could Be Another Bill Gates, will appeal to any parent who has felt stuck between a rock and a hard place. A tender and realistic portrait of a non-traditional yet immediately recognizable family. Pick up Don Eleven's novel, He Could Be Another Bill Gates, wherever books are sold, and visit us at chickadeeprince.com. That's Chickadee the Bird, Prince the Son of a King. Declare your independence. That night, in my cell, I could not sleep. Billy, where is Sidonia? What is Sidonia? You'll see. Soon enough. Some people say it's the common utopia. Some say it's heaven on earth. Maybe not. Got it. It's either heaven on earth or not. Have I told you about Master Yu yet, O'Hugh? Not yet, Billy. When do you intend to tell me about Master Yu, this mysterious Master Yu? Hmm. And what about deadlings? What the hell are deadlings? They're not Robert Sather's poetic zombies, O'Hugh. They have not molded in the grave. They have risen from the consciousness of those who remembered them as fresh as the best day they were alive. Are they real? Or are they imagination? Who can tell? I don't know. They don't eat flesh or drink blood. The unvarnished truth is that these men and women who rise from the dead in the service of the Sidonian cause aren't zombies, and they aren't vampires. They're just people who used to be alive, then weren't, then were again sporadically. But it makes them erratic, O'Hugh, and they can kill a body. So steer clear of the deadlings. If you can. I will be on my guard, Billy. This prison is about as strong as a house of cards. Yeah, the guards have guns, though. The guards can be dealt with. Ready to break out third? Are you ready to be a free man? I was. When I awoke at midnight to the sound of the sparse contingent of guards filing through the corridors, shouting and cursing, Billy was gone. Someone fired gunshots over on the prison's western wing, and a man fell to earth from the furthest tower, his heavy coat of flame lighting up the cloudy, starless night. In a fog of mist and dust lit by torches, a small army of bandits appeared motionless on the opposite bank of the Laramie, with more than 20 extra horses behind them. A prisoner I only barely recognized ran from cell to cell, a peacemaker in his left hand, a set of keys in his right. 
All right, oh Hugh, you're free. I followed other prisoners through the corridors, leaping over bullet-riddled bodies, guards and prisoners both, and twisted impossibly into the steel bars of a cell on the first level, the warden himself, up a rickety metal ladder on the third level through a hole burnt in the prison ceiling. I joined the other prisoners who wobbled unsteadily on the roof of the pen, sliding down ropes and bed sheets, then plunging as one man into the excruciatingly frosty midnight waters. Tang was the first to get across, riding the warden's horse. Billy was nowhere to be seen. Around me, I saw convicts sink beneath the ice-slicked surface and never reappear. I wondered how many of us would make it. I wondered how many would die shivering on the opposite bank. The water of the Laramie freezing on our prison stripes, we rode screaming through the void, galloping over brittle ebony grasslands, the penitentiary a looming medieval fortress, watching us like a black god in the night sky. We galloped over the train tracks past railroad shops, mills for manufacturing tracks and iron spikes, shuttered soup shacks and the locomotive roundhouse where a few escapees abandoned their horses and vanished into idle boxcars. Certain, I thought, to be man-sized blocks of ice by the time they reached Nebraska. We continued racing through the sleeping town, past Overbay's dry goods, Fisher's druggist, Johnson's shebang, and the local saloon, which, in a hand-painted sign beside the front door, proudly offered faro games each evening. There was no one behind us, no one ahead, and no stunned witnesses lining the dusty city streets. So we continued on easily for 12 miles into the darkness, the wind howling in our frozen ears. Free men. This program starred Sal Rendino as Watto Hugh and featured Emily Dalton, Jordan Gwizdowski, Morrison James, Arnold Kim, Annie Mack, Anthony Tether, Mabel Thomas, and Eric Yang. Theme song and incidental music composed by Derek K. Miller, with additional incidental music by Danielle Wu. The Strange and Astounding Memoirs of Watto Hugh was produced by Danielle Wu.